Hello, everyone. My name is Brendan Carey. And I'm Melanie Strout. And together, as members of Fuel, we bring you FuelCast, the only young professionals podcast in Connecticut. FuelCast is brought to you by the local networking group Fuel and the Greater Valley Chamber of Commerce. Today, we're here with Melissa Manzello of the McIntyre Group. Did I get that one right, you Melissa? Did. Well done. Oh, nice. Thank you so much for uh, for coming on. And um, how's your day going so far? Uh, it feels like Groundhog Day. Uh, this is week eight of working and schooling from home uh, with three dogs. So we're making do. It's as, as good as it's going to get. Oh, I know. We're all trying to, to make this quarantine the best that we can. And, you know, you are with the McIntyre Group. Can you tell everybody a little bit about what you do professionally? Sure. Uh, I've been with the McIntyre Group for almost 15 years at this point. Um, we are a staffing and recruitment firm. We're located in Shelton now. Uh, and what we do is provide uh, talent and, and recruitment services to a variety of different corporations in uh, Greater New Haven, Fairfield County, and Westchester County. And now what awesome. Awesome. Kind of- Go ahead, Brendan. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just super excited that it, that it's working. So I, I apologize. Mom. I didn't I'll let that know. You go. <laughs> awesome. Um, so, K- Melissa, tell us a little bit about um, what you started through education. Um, I know you studied social work. So, how did you transition from your social work background to the for-profit yeah, field? So, to be perfectly honest, my transition was a total leap of faith. Um, I was in the middle of my uh, master's in social work. I was working full time and I was struggling financially. Um, I was introduced to staffing by accident um, and someone in my life identified that I had transferable skills um, from what I had been doing in social work, Um, the relationship building skills. um, They saw that that was transferable to sales and specifically staffing and recruitment. I really didn't know anything about that world at that point, but I was intrigued. Um, I loved the fact that um, how it was described was that my work ethic um, combined with my people skills could help me be successful in sales and in the corporate world. Um, so I took, I took the leap. I left my master's program um, before finishing it, still paying for it. Um, uh, and, and I will tell you that the first six months um, was probably the most difficult six months of my career. Um, as with most sales jobs. Um, but as I began to learn the industry and I applied my natural skills of connecting with people, um, I think I began to gain the trust of clients and, and my colleagues who were more than willing to help mentor me. Um, so I took a huge risk and, and I, you know, obviously never looked back. Um, and, and it's been 15 years later, I'm still here. 15 years. I mean, uh, you know, staffing is a, is a very, very interesting field and, and there's so much, you know, it, it encompasses almost every industry. What kind of staffing do you focus on? Is it IT? Is it, you know, labor? What do you yeah, focus so on? So staffing, as with most agencies, um, we focus on specialty areas. So we do have an IT area. Um, we do accounting and finance, marketing and creative and office and human resources. And within those four areas, we place people on a, a temporary time to hire or permanent basis, depending on the client need. Okay. So you, so you guys have a, a large, you know, you're not just one sector, you know, not just focusing on marketing. You, you have broad reach. And now you focus on all of those different areas or do you just personally focus on, you know, one or two? Of those? At this point in my function um, as executive vice president, my focus is actually on uh, client development and community engagement. So 
I am responsible primarily for engaging with our existing and prospective companies to do business with to create that relationship, um, as well as ensuring that, uh, you know, McIntyre, although we've been around for more than 30 years, um, you know, many people don't know about us and don't know what we do. And so one of my focuses is to reach out to the community. Um, I work with the various chambers in the area to communicate and educate people about McIntyre. Awesome. And so you mentioned, Melissa, you've certainly been with McIntyre for the majority of your professional career. How have you found opportunities within the company to grow and develop, continue to develop yourself? Yeah. So I would say, you know, McIntyre is relatively small. Um, you know, we've ranged in size throughout the course of my tenure from, you know, 20 to at one point we were 55 people. Um, but still a small organization. Um, so my growth, as silly as it's going to sound, has had a lot to do with luck. Um, and I'm not selling my short, myself short by saying that. Um, what I mean by that is, um, this quote has always stuck with me throughout my life. Um, have you heard the Seneca quote, luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity? Mm-hmm. It yep. totally mm-hmm. applies here. I, I never planned to, to evolve to be president or executive vice president, which is my seat at this point. Um, I, I never, you know, I didn't join the company with that plan. Um, quite frankly, I've worked my ass off. Hope it's okay that I swore. Um, but I've gone mm-hmm. the extra mile and I've always um, sought out new learning opportunities. Any chance I had to learn something new or step outside my comfort zone, I took it. Um, and so opportunities have evolved. Um, you know, I started as a staffing manager. Um my appointment to director of the division that I was in happened because I worked really hard and my director at the time moved out of state. And so the opportunity opened up and the president at the co- of the company at the time saw my hard work and gave me the opportunity. Um, I've never, any of the roles that I have had or, or taken on at McIntyre were uh, growth and new roles for me. I'd never done the job before, um, but I had proven my ability to, Uh, be flexible and learn new things. And I was always looking to learn. And I think that's kind of why I've gotten the tap on the shoulder to take on new things throughout my career. Interesting. Very interesting. So you kind of covered, I I was kind of kicking around a question in my head. What advice do you have for other young professionals looking to grow within their companies? But I I think you almost nailed that being able to pivot and do you have any piece of advice that you give? Yeah. So I love one of my favorite groups of people to talk to are prospective grads or upcoming graduates or or people that are young in their careers, because, um, you know, I always wish someone had told me, you know, there's certain things I would tell my younger self. Um, But, you know, Mm -hmm. opportunity comes when you're humble and hungry, Um, showing that you're willing to work hard, not just saying it, letting your efforts do the talking. You know, when I say humble, I mean, um, you know, although you may be highly intelligent, it doesn't mean that you know everything. So I would say commit to being a student always. And I don't mean that you stay in school forever. I mean that you are always open to learning new things or ways of doing things and checking your ego at the door, always. Um, no one no one wants to know it all in the room and, and know-it-alls don't always get tapped on the shoulder for opportunity. Um, so being open, being humble and, and, and working really hard and letting that um, do the talking for you. I think that's great advice because there is this grayish fine line of how can you be hungry and willing to work for something, but to not overstep your boundaries and create an, a, 
a situation where someone might feel like you're trying to take their job or that you're trying to grow too mm-hmm. fast. Um, so I think that that's a great point to kind of focus on too. Um, and so do you do any mentoring yourself other than just speaking with current grads or with your alma mater or what have you? I I don't specifically, I'm not specifically mentoring anyone at the moment. Um, I do have a rather young staff. Um, I I do have a rather, uh, a a group of people that are relatively new to the industry. So I'm mentoring on a daily basis. Um, But I would say, you know, more, more importantly to me, you know, I'm kind of painful to say this, but I'm I'm pretty close to mid career at this point. And so I'm, I'm always seeking out new mentors as I continue to grow and evolve in my career. um, Having a mentor and mentoring others is um, so important. So I do presentations at the area colleges. Um, I'm always happy to talk to a a, a new hire or someone that's seeking advice. Um, But I will tell you that the, the, the mentors in my life have been um, so helpful um, to me and, I always recommend people seek out um, either people in your industry or, you know, sometimes the best mentors are people that are outside of your industry um, because they kind of see things through a different lens. Um, And so, you know, just to give you an idea of what my experience has been um, from a mentee standpoint, um, I needed mentorship as I grew into leadership roles because McIntyre is so small relatively, um, you know, finding mentorship within the company was difficult. Um, so I have, I have someone in the higher education field who has mentored me for almost 20 years at this point. Um, I have a talent acquisition leader um, who was originally a client of mine who's mentored me now for almost 15 years. Um, but I would say my most recent uh, relationships with mentors probably started about three years ago. Um, after my promotion to president of McIntyre, I knew I needed someone to mentor me in business management and leadership because it's not a function I had ever held before. Um, and I actually have two people who I work with. One is a business coach um, and the other is a C-level executive who's worked in a variety of industries and managing and growing companies. Um, you know, collectively, I would say that the role that these mentors have played for me, and this is what people should seek out, is that these people helped me maintain my individuality as a professional while helping me grow my strengths and work on my weaknesses. Um, that's really what people need a mentor for, in my opinion. Maintain yourself while growing. Um, it's a hard thing to do, um, but a good mentor and someone that you should trust and could trust to do this um, it helps you to grow um, professionally and continue to move on. That yeah, is- absolutely. Um, I just have one other question on top of that, because I think as young professionals, it's kind of hard to identify who that mentor might be or someone you kind of think, oh, they're too busy. They don't have time. Um, How do you do you have any advice on how to approach a potential mentor or to kind of utilize your network to help identify somebody? Yeah, you know, mentors don't always realize that they are mentors or that they can be. And so finding people that are like minded. And, and people that you look up to in how they lead or how they do what it is that you want mentorship from them on. Um, it, it could be a manager. It could be an old professor or a current professor. It could be, you know, if you're a young person, you know, your friends have parents that are leaders or, or people that are obviously further on in your career, in their careers. Um, so finding like-minded people 
um, alumni groups have mentorship opportunities. Mm. Um, you know, depending on what your field of work is, there are uh, networking groups, um, SHRM, uh, Society of Human Resource Professionals. There are <laughs> certainly opportunities for mentorship within there. Um, financial services um, industry has its own networking group. So depending on what your area or industry of expertise is, there are mentors and, and groups within your field where you can find that opportunity. That, that's so true. Um, what do you tell your, your new hires um, when it comes to networking? Yeah, networking is a skill. Um, and if it's not, if you're not taught how to do it, it can be a giant waste of time. Um, and so I find that, mm -hmm. you know, typically new hires, um, at least the ones that we have, have, have attempted to bring on board are, um, are fearless in networking. It takes a little bit of teaching um, to make sure that they are channeling their fearlessness to um, connecting with the right people and maintaining those connections. Um, you know, it's one thing to walk into a room full of people and navigate your way around, but how do you do it in a manner where something comes of it? Um, when it comes to business, right? So we've attempted to teach. Um, we've attempted to, um, I've even taken people with me to networking events to practice with them. Um, it's not enough to just set people loose and say, go network. Um, there's got to be some training. There's got to be some follow-up and there's got to be goals in your efforts so that people understand what you're asking them to do. Um, so we've trained on it specifically. This episode of FuelCast is brought to you by Webster Bank. With online and mobile banking, an extensive ATM network, and convenient bank locations, your day-to-day -day banking is fast and easy. Webster Bank, turn possibility into reality. Learn more at WebsterBank.com or ask their bankers at 200 Division Street in Ansonia. That's so valuable. Being, I mean, training on how to network. Because like you said, so many people get into a networking situation and and they don't do it properly. They think just showing up is is all you need to do, and it's it's you know exactly the opposite of that. So you know, kudos to to your new hires and the people that you work with because you know they'll find the the proper way to network. And that that transitions me into a question about what qualities do you look for when making a new hire when when you're going to bring somebody on. So we have a strategy around the ideal candidate. And the ideal candidate for McIntyre to fit the culture and to fit uh, the expectations of the job, um, people need to be, and this may sound familiar if you've read the book, um, people need to be humble, hungry, and smart. And, and it's got to be all three. It can't be two out of three. It's got to be all three. Um, are you familiar with um, the book, The I Ideal Team Player? I have not I read that yet. But Highly it sounds like I should. <laughs> so it's, it's by Patrick Lencioni. Um, anything by Patrick is worth reading. Um, one of my favorites of his is The Ideal Team Player. And basically um, what the book helps you to identify, um, and we've taken it further to how to interview for it, but it helps you to identify people that can function independently because in staffing, uh, you are very much the owner and manager of your own business. Your destiny is, your, is what you make of it. However, you need to be able to work on a team. So finding people that are able to do both well is hard. Um, and so we measure people up mm -hmm. against, are you humble? 
meaning can you check your ego at the door? Are you hungry? Are you willing to work harder than your neighbor and go above and beyond? Because in staffing, that can mean a lot of things. Staffing isn't a nine to five. Um, and are you smart? And I don't mean intelligent necessarily. I don't mean book smart. I mean, are you people smart? Can you read a room? Can you read body language? Um, can you uh, bob and weave? Um, I'll, I'll call it. It, it. No situation presented in staffing is ever the same as your previous call. You never know what you're going to get when you dial, whether you're calling on talent or you're calling on a customer. I can train you to, to a certain extent um, and I can teach you the basics. But when you get a live person on the other end of that call, you don't know what you're going to get. And so being able to manage that and do well in it um, takes skill. And so we've created a plan mm -hmm. around how to interview for it um, and actually how to train for it too. That's awesome. And definitely really important for any industry that you're in really, but uh, I definitely see how that applies to the staffing industry. Um, so along with being mentored and also being a mentor to your staff, um, and you kind of just alluded to the fact that every day is a little bit different, but is there anything that you do every day to sort of center yourself or prepare, or um, is there a typical day at all for um, you? Typically days are atypical. So um, being prepared for every day I come in with a plan. I plan daily. I plan weekly. I plan monthly. I plan quarterly. We plan yearly as a business. Um, one of the hardest things in staffing, and I tell this to people when I'm interviewing them, if you need to come into a work environment where you know what your day is going to look like and you can control it, um, you're going to hate this because you never know what you're going to get on a daily basis. <laughs> you can come in with the best laid plan and something is going to, your desk will be on fire when you get there and you won't get to anything that's on your list of things to do. Um, I'm, I'm lucky enough to be in a role right now where I, I do have more control of my day. I'm not necessarily putting out fires um, like my staffing managers are. Um, so to answer your question about me, I do have a plan each day. Um, I can tell you that I have weekly goals for myself on activities, just like I did when I ran a desk. Um, I plan so that I am set up well to achieve the activities that I set forth for myself. Um, for example, I have a goal of meeting with five clients per week. Um, and I find that if I'm not booking meetings on my calendar with these people one to three weeks out, I won't hit my goal. Um, so I have time blocks in my calendar um, I have to do that for myself. I even have to calendar things like workouts or I won't get to them and I'll, I'll just skip them. Um, so I do try to control it as much as possible. I find that if I don't do that, um, my desk runs me um, and that's not a good feeling. Um, so setting goals, planning, um, having uh, things to hold me accountable to um, is totally necessary. And defining what those are is, you know, specific to whatever it is that you're doing, um, whatever industry you work in or whatever is important to um, your function, um, depending on what it is that you're doing. Hey everybody, this is Brian Tamburino. We're gonna take a minute to highlight one of our sponsors, Peralta Design. A recent study found that the average person's attention span is only eight seconds. Don't let wordy explanations lose you business. Peralta Design creates engaging explainer videos to educate your potential clients or customers about what you do without losing their attention. Whether it be live action or animation, Peralta Design gives your product or service a fighting chance in the information age. 
Don't let your business get lost in the crowd. Stand out with videos provided by Peralta Design. We launch brands. Um, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, that, that was that, that was great. And it, it sounds like, you know, there, there could be, if you don't work, you know, your book or your desk properly, there could be a lot of, yeah. you know, stress, you know, that, that comes with it. I, I worked in staffing for a period of time, and, and I could tell you there were some people in my office you know, that, that were quite stressed. Um, so how do you personally deal with, uh, with stress? It is, it's, it's like the tiger by the tail always, if you're not planning and, and it's in staffing. Yeah. It's definitely a high stress environment. Um, for me, uh, I will, I will admit um, I'm a stress eater. Always have been. I feel like at this point I always will be. So if I'm stressed, hmm. I go for carbs and sweets. It's a recipe for disaster. Um, so, <laughs> I've, I've struggled um, with committing to managing my stress to the point where it's physically affected me. I would get, you know, stress headaches, tightness in my neck. Um, so, and I'm also one of the typical working moms who will make time for everything but myself. Um, and so I've had to mandate to myself that I calendar uh, time to do things that I need to do. Um, as much as I can be an extrovert, depending on what I have in front of me as far as work and, and social life. Um, I'm actually very much an introvert. So networking, sales, being on the phone all day is physically exhausting to me. Um, and if I don't schedule quiet time and alone time where I don't have to talk and I don't have to do anything, uh, I actually don't feel well. Um, so I've... <laughs> Prior to COVID, I was actually preparing to recommit myself to my yoga classes that I was going to. Um, but at this point, considering I'm stuck at home, um, I've been doing uh, some boot camps online and some runs um, because, quite frankly, running is the only thing that no one in my house can do with me. It's the only it's my, <laughs> it's my only case. I, I, I added this app to my phone. It's a couch to 5k and I have a coach on there. She talks to me while I'm going and it, it, it has become something I look <laughs> forward to. I never thought I would say that, but um, I've had to find it. I've had to make myself do it. Um, I'm a, I, I'm very regimented. If I get myself into a groove, it takes practice for me. But once I'm in a groove, um, it's like the first two weeks of anything is really hard, but once I create a habit around it, it's, 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 it just happens. And so I've been able to get myself to that place at this point. So feeling pretty good. That's awesome. I think I need to check out that app too. I definitely need that motivation <laughs> in the moment. Um, <laughs> that's great. Um, and so you also mentioned that you are a working mom. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how you've balanced that over the years um, prior to COVID and now during COVID? Oh, it is a challenge daily. Um, I'm lucky enough to have a good support system. I have a large extended family. Um, so that's been super helpful. Um, I have, uh, not been afraid to ask for help of my family members. Um, they're also very willing to help. You know, there have been times where work demands have been, you know, have, have weighed heavily on me where long hours, um, late nights, um, have definitely made the, uh, guilt of, of being a working mom 
rear his ugly head um, and weigh heavily on my emotions and my um, ability to manage that. Um, what I have found is just trying to create a balance for myself, scheduling things. Um, communication in my house is, is key. We have a calendar of who's going where and when and who's responsible for it. Um, because, you know, if we don't have that, I, I don't know that people would get picked up or gotten where they need to go. Um, so <laughs> communication, um, trying to battle the mom guilt of, you know, being away from home as much as I am. Um, now that our commute is a little different, I, I was commuting to Norwalk on a daily basis. My commute has, has helped, my lack of commute at this point has helped me get home to cook dinner more often than I was um, when we were in Norwalk. Um, and so, you know, every month is different. Every week is different. But the, the consistency throughout managing this has been communication, extended support with our families, um, and just try not to beat yourself up or take yourself too seriously. You know, I, my career is important to me. I could never, um, I would be a terrible stay-at-home mom. <laughs> I, I, I give them a lot of credit. Um, I have had to create a balance. And I think my daughter, um, what I'd like to say is my daughter, I believe, is affected by the fact that she knows I am an executive at a company. Like that's translated to her at this point where she's like, wow, you're a, you're a boss. She calls me a boss a lot. You're a boss. And I'm not really sure where she got that <laughs> word because I don't use it necessarily. But she's, it's opened her eyes to, you know, girls can do anything. And my mom, my mom's, a, my mom's a boss. My dad's not a boss. My mom's a boss. Um, and, and that's pretty cool. And, you know, I think that although I beat myself up a lot for, you know, being away from home a lot, I don't miss things. I have the flexibility to, you know, if something's going on at school, you know, I plan to not be at work and it's okay. Um, you know, I have an employer that is flexible enough and we have a culture at McIntyre where we're flexible enough for we allow people to be, you know, human and be present for things. Um, we have a lot of working moms at McIntyre and that's really important to me to maintain that we have that freedom to family comes first and your team will take up for you while you're not there. Um, that's been super important and super helpful. The second half of your question was, how is it going now that we're home? <laughs> um well, so this is week eight. Uh, weeks, weeks one and two were rough. Um, for me, you know, transitioning to working from home, you know, technology-wise from McIntyre and being able to function really wasn't difficult. Um, I have to say we were really well prepared for this situation, even though we never first, we never saw this coming. Um, so for me, um, pretty seamless. Um, being able to balance supporting my daughter who's working in a virtual classroom um the first two weeks were a little tough um the dogs were pretty disruptive um my my boyfriend runs a, a gym <laughs> in Shelton and they had just opened in January so uh he worked to try to transition his clients over to uh virtual training um so for the first two weeks that was distracting because he was on the phone constantly and and needing my help technologically to get himself set up. So the first two weeks were pretty chaotic, um, but I will tell you that at this point, we've settled into a groove where we're taking breaks. Um, you know, there's no working after five o'clock in this house at this point, which I was, you know, 
it was tough for me to peel myself away from the office at five o'clock. Now I don't have a choice. It's bike rides and we need to get outside so that, um, you know, no one, the dogs don't tackle each other and, and we're maintaining our, <laughs> we're maintaining our <laughs> mentality at this point. So, you know, we're okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I don't envy some situations where, you know, people have students that need extra support from teachers and, and the access just isn't there or, you know, single parents or, you know, I, there's, I have people on my staff whose kids are under the age of five. Um, and they're climbing the walls at this point. Like I, I, we're okay. And I, I think about those, <laughs> I think about those that are in such worse scenarios than, than <laughs> ours. Um, we're thankful to be employed. And, you know, I think about those that aren't, that have been adversely affected by this or couldn't transition their jobs to work from home or, you know, none of us work in the medical field. You know, there are worse scenarios. And I, I, have to remain humble and think about the fact that this really isn't that bad compared to what some others are going through. Wow. That, that, that is so true. And you, you covered so much there, you know, you're creating a great culture. Um, you know, at the McIntyre group, you know, the work-life balance is so important. Uh, you know, well, Melissa, I want to thank you very much for uh, coming in to record with us today. And I want to thank everyone for listening. Can you tell everybody, Melissa, how people can get in touch with you or, sure. you know, just contact um, you if they to. have any questions? Uh, I am on LinkedIn. Um, Melissa Mangillo, um, or you can email me at mxm at the McIntyre group.com, T H E M C I N T Y R E G R O U P.com. Melissa, I want to thank you very much for so, having me. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for listening. The opinions expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the opinions of the staff, management, sponsors, or the Greater Valley Chamber of Commerce. 